Welcome to this podcast of sermons at CUNY United Methodist Church. He would say, I figure everyone 
number of bites they're supposed to have in their lifetime, and I'm just ahead of schedule. Well, I got ahead of schedule in, during Christmas, let me tell you. Perhaps the new year, that time of fresh start, is because of the change in the sun, at least for me. Those, the days that are lengthening, barely perceivable, and yet the sun feels stronger every single day. And it pulls us towards spring and summer and new life. Can you feel that pull to fresh start in your life? Because I sure can. I, I have been feeling this pull to, to a fresh start in my life. I actually was noticing the other day that I crave broccoli more than chocolate. Now, it's not that I don't crave chocolate, but after a month, I crave broccoli more. <laughs> I find that I've noticed that I actually want to go for a run. And when I pulled out my thing, you know, for running, I discovered I have not run since November. In my house, New Year means a new budget, and I'm the one that does the finances, so it's time to look back at last year's finances and make plans for the coming year. And I've found that I have a new enthusiasm for creative projects, a new creativity bubbling up. And I wonder if some of that's because December is so busy. You know, you're just getting done what you have to do today. And in January, you can actually look around and think about things and dream. And this January, I've started a new, I don't know what they call it, Academy for Pastoral Leaders on Church Health and Vitality and Growth, and it's filled me with ideas and inspiration. It's fueled that hunger that I already have for creative projects, which is a big part of why you have in the worship series today. Because a worship series requires, you know, personal creativity intersected with inspiration of God, and I love that. And I also find myself, perhaps you do too, energized to make a fresh start in my faith life. So the way I approach that is I, I start planning. And I sit down and I write my list and my schedule and I, I you know, I put good, wonderful, prayerful things on my to-do list. But I resist the next step. I like the first step. The next where I go from the doing, the planning that I have control over, to raising my gaze to God. What does God do? What does God want? The truth is, I resist that. Because God is not predictable or neat and tidy. Those spiritual practices, those are important. They put us on the pathway to God. But if our eyes stay on the path without ever looking up, we can get off at the path and we never even know it. We need to look up to see the beauty and the majesty of God, to notice where we are going, and to recalibrate ourselves to God. And the truth is, Following Christ 
requires courage. It requires courage because we know where it is leading. It is leading to the cross. It requires courage to risk inconvenience. It requires courage to risk unexpected. It requires to risk lack of certainty and to risk this predictable suffering. When we follow Christ, we follow in Christ's suffering. It requires courage to submit to the will of God. Because we know that it leads to the cross. Try it again. There we go. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said that when Christ calls a person, he bids you to come and die. And Dietrich knew what he was talking about. He was a pastor, a German pastor in Nazi Germany, and he resisted the Nazi regime in many different ways, including getting involved in the conspiracy to assassinate Hitler. And he spent several years in prison until he was hanged at Flossenburg concentration camp on April 9, 1945. Fourteen days later, the U.S. Army arrived. back here. The SS doctor who witnessed Bonhoeffer's death later recalled him as devout, brave, and composed. His death ensued after a few seconds. I have hardly ever seen a man die so entirely submissive to the will of God. Dietrich Bonhoeffer saved his life by losing it. When Jesus went to the Jordan River to be baptized by John, it was the beginning. It was the beginning, and it was glorious, and it was exciting, and the heavens opened up, and God spoke, and Jesus was claimed to, as God claimed him, as God's beloved, own dear son. And it was the beginning of a pathway that would lead to the cross, to torture and to death. Following Christ requires courage to submit to the will of God. Now I will tell you, I don't like that word submit very well. Because in my life, the word submission has been used as a tool in the machinery of sexism. You know, patriarchy only works when women submit to men, when less powerful men submit to more powerful men, it only works when the needs of the powerful matter and the needs of the less powerful are ignored. So I don't like that word submit. Because that, that sexism is still going on. It, it lives on in our social expectation that mothers self-sacrifice for the needs of their children and spouse. That they, that they put the needs of their children and spouse first and their own needs last, if ever. 
own needs, they think they don't exist or they don't care. Perhaps that's part of the reason why researchers have found there is a peak in depression in women in their 40s. Researchers found that happiness is at its highest at the beginning of life, and then it goes down, 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 down to midlife, where most women have spent, you know, 20 years putting the needs of others first and ignoring themselves. The good news, researchers found at 70, it has come back up. 70-year-olds actually have the same happiness level as 20-year-olds. So I'm, I'm closer to the midlife, so you are closer to 70, you just pull me along, all right? <laughs> So I don't like that word submission. But I don't think that's what Jesus did. I don't think that's what God offered did. And so we must be careful that we don't let that, that, that idea of submission creep into our thinking about God, assuming that God behaves like we do. That Jesus, the lesser powerful, submitted, self-sacrificed, for the needs of the more powerful God the Father, because that is not what was going on. The submission of Jesus, the submission of Bonhoeffer, was more like admiration for the will of God, respect for the will of God, honoring the will of God. When Jesus came to be baptized, John balked. Could you read together with me these words from the Gospel of Matthew? But John kept objecting and said, I ought to be baptized by you. Why have you come to me? Jesus answered, For now it is his power to be, because he must do all God wants us to do. Then John agreed. So in this translation, Jesus says, We must do all God wants us to do. A literal word for word translation of the Greek is for us it is filling to fulfill all righteousness. And that Greek word for righteousness, psychonosune, is the same, the same meaning as the Hebrew word tzadik, which means righteousness, justice. They mean to translate the same thing. That it is just, that it is right that we do this. I like the First Nations translation which is, it is the right thing to do to bring honor to the ways of great spirit. Honor feels different to me. Honoring God feels different to me than some days. When we honor God, when we follow God and align our lives with God's mission, we give our lives up, but instead of our own lives diminishing, we are saved and our own lives are built up. We actually become more alive. Irenaeus in the second century said the glory of God is the human person fully alive. Honoring God, respecting and admiring God's will leads us to life. A life that is so full that it glorifies God. And that full life that God offers us, it doesn't follow human patterns. God, God takes everything and turns it upside down. That by giving our life, we gain our life. That SS doctor who saw Bonhoeffer, he didn't see a man looking forward to peace in the next life. He saw a man facing death with peace. 
fresh start this year begins with spiritual practices. That we all need time alone with God in daily prayer, in reading scripture. We all need time with other disciples in small groups, in this Sunday morning gathering. And we all need time serving the crowd, volunteering, or befriending the poor, or the imprisoned, or the, the sick, or the immigrant. And that's the pathway. And we take the next step. And we let those spiritual practices move our focus to God. To God who is not predictable, and who doesn't fit neatly on our to-do list. It requires courage to risk the unknown as we focus on God and, and the commitment to practices that put us on God's pathway. In Jesus' own baptism in the Jordan, God claimed, publicly claimed Jesus. In our baptism, God claimed us. We were initiated into Christian community, and God anointed us for mission. Every single one of us in our creation was given a piece of God's great mission in this world. We get to live a life where we get to be part of something so much bigger than ourselves. And next week, as we celebrate the mission that each one of us have been given, we will use the ancient practice of anointing as part of that celebration. So as you begin your fresh start, reevaluating, recalibrating this, making this year count, look at your own time and see if there need to be changes on time spent alone with God, time spent with other disciples, time spent serving the crowds. And as we use that, and allow it to point us to God, taking that next step and focusing on God, we may expect that God will come to us in the unexpected. Thanks for listening. This podcast is preached almost always by our pastor, Reverend Mia Crosswaite. CUNY United Methodist Church is a community on a mission to make disciples for the transformation of the world. To support this podcast and the missional priorities of this church, go to cunaumc.org and click on Give. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you things.